podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Five-year plan podcast. Hey. <laughs> that sounded like a news report, didn't it? <laughs> um, hooray. Hooray, yeah. Well, it does uh, feel like a news report at the moment because yeah. this, we are in unprecedented times. I'm, I'm Jim Daly. Kevin Day is here. Yes, and what better place to be in unprecedented times than the room where we're normally in in unprecedented times while the rest of the world is self-distancing. Yeah. We're yeah. flying in the face of self-distancing. We are. Well, at least we're sitting a yard apart, but... Uh, we are actually. That's very true. Yeah. And you uh, can't go- do that when Endicott's here. <laughs> drawn into his gravity. Great stuff. <laughs> it sells you. It sells No chance oh, to be in the yard apart. Oh, and we should oh, say oh, happy, oh, birthday oh, happy, birthday happy birthday to James Endicott. Happy birthday, James. What a birthday message. Happy St. Patrick's Day, James Endicott. Happy St. Patrick's Day to. Well, I mean, no one can go and celebrate it anyway. Um, and Dominic Fifield of the Athletic is here as well. Hello. How are you doing? Second game in a week. Second game. Second yeah. point in a week. Yes. Yes. Uncanny becoming yeah. a regular, so that's because he's immune. Is that what it is? Is that your theory? <laughs> you yeah, we've got to screen to everyone now <laughs> that comes on the podcast. Um, listen, before we crack on with any of the admin or or, or any of the chat or whatever, this is a pod obviously that is happening after football has been suspended. And our first message to all of our listeners is we hope you're safe, we hope you're well, we hope you are self isolating, unlike us, and washing your hands <laughs> and staying safe. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, I think we maybe should say to any of our overseas listeners that if they if they've got elderly individuals living here or in South London that, that they might want us to say hello to or keep an eye on or that's a nice deliver, yeah. deliver that's milk a lovely to. Idea. Yeah. So if I'm sure most of them will have hopefully have family, but if there are people in the Palace family who want us to at least be aware of. Some people, especially if they start to isolate all the over 70-year-olds. Well, that is a quite a nice sort of palace service. I imagine there'd be a lot of palace fans actually living locally who would happily do that. So, yeah, yeah. extending the sort of palace well, service to for other people. Yeah. I mean, I live in Amersham, so I probably won't be able to do yeah, it. But, cool. but, yeah, but right, you, know, you can, yeah. you can. You yeah. live in I was, South I, was, I, was, I was with my dad today, and the next-door neighbour kindly knocked on the door to see if he needed any help. He was furious. <laughs> <laughs> What's she implying? What, he's insulted. basically insulted. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I want to know what happens if you're a 69-year-old, if you if you turn 70, so for the, for the first two weeks of self-isolating, you can do what you want, and then suddenly... You can. What's Roy going to do, Dominic? Yeah. I think Roy is, of, of 72-year-olds out there, he's probably one of the fitter, yeah. I would have thought, given his, his lifestyle and his and his yeah. day job, so I'm not too worried about He's Roy. been through worse, Roy, hasn't he? That was his, he was clearly implying that in his press conference. Worse from the transfer window. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh dear, that's a bad start. <laughs> we, we actually have no transfer questions this week for the first time ever. Okay, um, let's do uh, an iTunes review. Hey, yeah, yeah, review, yeah. Just probably to... not appropriate, but yeah, why not? Just <laughs> <laughs> podcast up for yeah. your own ego, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, actually, I'm going to do it anyway because people are taking the time to send these to us. So this one's from someone called I Don't Hate Brighton. So I didn't know Selzy was on iTunes, but there we go. It says, um, typical palace, question mark. Overall, really enjoyable. And great insight from Adam Sells. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. oh Jesse Boyce and others. Mm. Um, random shout out to patron. Yeah, why yes. not? Does a drum roll feel right in current circumstances? It's my table, so it's fine. I don't know if Dominic needs to I'm want to take it. that risk. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's my table. Um, shout out to Darren Paul. Hi, Darren. Hi, Darren. Paul. Darren Paul. Sounds more like an instruction than a name. And you can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Yeah. What way does that sound like an instruction? Darren Paul. Oh, it's, oh Paul. Oh, you're, yeah. Yeah, I see. You've got you. Anyway, um, really wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> Guys, for the notes of part one, <laughs> because I normally put in the game and the result, this one just says part one, Corona, 1-0, um, <laughs> which seems inappropriate. Um, just to clarify, the Premier League has been suspended, oh, well, all football has been suspended in the UK until April the 4th at the earliest. And I suspect, Dominic, we think that might be a bit of a placeholder. More than actual... It's optimistic, isn't it? It's optimistic. Um, And we've heard today that Euro 2020 has been put back a year Mm. to Euro 2021, which I'm sure will have repercussions for future tournaments as well. It will, because the Women's Euros is due to be next year. Of course. Uh, It will have an impact on the season, which is going to be difficult, because the following season is going to be impacted by the World Cup. Yeah, the Winter World Cup. The Winter World Cup. There isn't really... um, any precedent for this? Like, I'm sure they have... Pe- did the organisation prepare for this kind of thing? Well, this seems so... Well, I think it's one of the interesting things about it because it was interesting, Dominic, I think, that the Premier League and the EFL acted before being told to by the government, which was a responsible thing to do, I think, in the circumstances. It seemed hasty because it came out of the blue, but there will be insurance implications for that. Um, the, 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 the irony is that the... People talk about insurance and the government not forcing things to close down. The Premier League will have the best... The Premier League clubs, like Palace, you assume, will have been able to afford the top of the range insurance from specialist insurance companies that will include forced closure, things like this. COVID might not be on the list of notifiable diseases because it didn't exist, but... The sad issue is that most of the rest of the clubs in the EFL will not have been able to afford... Yeah. This sort of insurance, because who would predict, who would have predicted that they would they would need it? You insure against one game being called off because mm. of weather or terrorism or, or or whatever. Or, but who would have predicted that the whole of the season would suddenly disappear? And it, it, it it's a worry because there are probably, you know, according to Kieran Maguire and the other pod I do, there are probably ten or twelve clubs that he's identified that are really in danger. That five games without income could be the tipping point for them. And, of course, that doesn't just affect the club. It affects the everybody in the local e- the economy. So it's, it is unprecedented. Um, is, I still think, Dominic, they've never f- fully explained why they made the decision, whether it was because of I think it was health and safety. I think it was... Was, was it as simple as, as that? As soon as, as soon as players and the manager of Arsenal, right. high-profile within the game, 
um, they confirmed they they were suffering from coronavirus. Um, they didn't really have much of a choice. Uh, I think they would have explored playing behind closed doors. Quite feasibly, they could have done that. But then as soon as you've got players from some clubs, when the, the reality was... Bournemouth had cases. Yeah, Borich. Yeah. Palace were about to play Bournemouth. Yeah, Watford had screened a load of players the previous week because some of their players had been showing indications or showing symptoms of coronavirus. Watford had just played Palace. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Palace didn't know. We don't yeah. know. We don't think there are any confirmed cases with Palace. We haven't been told of any. But the, the reality is there must have been a risk. Um, you had, uh, I think, Bonjour Mondi at, at Manchester City. Yeah. I think he had a family member, so he was in isolation. I mean, it got to the point where lots of clubs, Leicester City, I think they had three cases yeah. as well. This wouldn't have been available. So then you're warping the competition. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's it just became completely that, unfeasible Olymp- overnight. The Olympiakos chairman seems to have a lot to answer. He's just been a one-man <laughs> coronavirus spreading machine. He seemed to have hugged everybody after the Arsenal game. Yeah, he was the one who was first. Then they played, didn't they? They played yeah. well. A lot of games are getting called off, didn't they? Then play. They played Wolves. Yeah. Wolves, that's right. Yeah, mm. behind closed doors. Yeah, well, I think it, what was interesting though last week, and and I, we've hindsight because there is there is that thing where you kind of you almost take it personally. It's, it's almost like a personal. You think well, they've they've stopped football just to annoy me. So once you get over that hour of anger, you think no, they've done the right thing. It's let's let's. I hope it doesn't last too long. But there was a strange situation where I know quite a few people who were at the Cheltenham Festival on Friday with 55,000 other people who were being told they couldn't go to a game of football the next day yeah. with, with 6,000 people. The fact that the, the National League's still going ahead, Notts County get crowds of five or 6,000 yep. in, in, the, in the National League. So, And then you have the issue that people, you know, Dulwich Hamlet had a bigger crowd than normal on Saturday. Sutton, so, Sutton United had 2,000, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So, so how, there is that question when you think, well, why is that going ahead when... But that again was, that was financial on the National League's part, yeah. on those clubs' part. I, that, that some of the managers came out and were uh, well, yeah. scathing of that decision. Yeah. Well, um, the thing to remember is as well, is that when people talk about the Premier League and the EFL, it, it's a union of, of those clubs. So it's not an organisation called the Premier League taking these decisions. It's not like the FA. It's the it's the twenty clubs mm. taking these decisions, and that's why it's going to be interesting to see what happens because mm. fourteen of the twenty clubs have to form a majority. So there's going to be a lot of debate about what happens. With, do you avoid the season? Do you play it behind closed doors? Because as Dominic knows better than most people, there isn't a solution that isn't going to lead to some kind of Litigion. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think as Palace fans, we all assume they'll find a solution that most mucks up Palace, which will probably be. Cause <laughs> well, I even think, though we've had, we've had a really safe season. Well, I know. I, I, I think the most <laughs> the most likely scenario is initially I thought it, they would play games behind closed doors because the broadcasters are more or less insistent. That's what I, yeah, that's what I think. I think the most likely scenario is that they will end the season, they will promote Leeds and West Brom and make it a 22 club. Premier League for one season and then the following season four teams will go down and inevitably the fourth team that goes down will be will be Palace again and again that would lead to legal but but if if 14 Premier League clubs or all the Premier League clubs have voted for that there probably won't be any legal because I, I think whatever happens if you void the season now funny as it would be that Liverpool don't win the Premier League Leeds and West Brom aren't going to oh, take that no. line down. But, you're yeah, you're yeah, denying yeah. them 160 but, yeah. million. Quite right. why, yeah. why would Fulham? Why, why, why would they accept it? Why would but, Brentford yeah. accept yeah. it? This is the best season Brentford have ever had. Yeah. And 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 yet their their, their chances of catching that top two, which they won't have given up on this, there's still a there's still a quarter of the Premier League season yeah. left to play. 
I mean, it's nine nine games. It's yeah. pretty much a quarter. Some of them have got ten. So yeah. I mean, it's it's not a small amount of games right. here. It's it's a significant. A lot can change in that time. You saw we've seen clubs make late surges for the for the playoffs. From and, 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 yeah, and, and and gain the sixth place and go yeah. up. Palace have done it. So uh, you're right. The, the, the prospect of 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 uh, legal suits in future is is just horribly horribly real, and which makes me think that they've got to find a way somehow of completing. Yeah, they've, they've got it, to find a way of doing well, it. I, it. It's interesting. You know, the, the first person to call for avoiding the season was Karen Brady, which is so like, quickly well, followed by, by Phil Barber. particular reason that you want to do that, but it's uh, I I agree with Dominic. I think they have to. I think they will. I think one of the reasons that Euros, the Euros have been postponed is possibly to give yeah. leagues a chance. Even if they have to play two games a week, yeah. even if they play behind closed doors, I don't. in terms of the integrity of the competition, I don't see how you can either void it or say we, f- we finish it now and the, two, the, the bottom two teams go down because that's, how is that fair? It's not, it's, 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 it's not fair. Villa have got two games in hand. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, they're going to go straight to court. Yeah. This is where Streety would be useful because, and I've spoken to him and it's like, he, he says there's not a scenario whereby, because my, you know, being romantic and good natured, me saying, well, perhaps clubs will, will think like, be coronavirus shamed into not doing it, and this is like he obviously laughed because he's a cynical lawyer. Well, of course, yeah, and it, also it's Premier League. Yeah, and it, it well, it, but even not getting into League One from the National League, uh, League from League Two, or get, not getting into League Two from the National League, yeah. it's gonna. And of course, the, the thing is with clubs like Leeds and West Brom, they've got a lot more money than a club in in the national. You know, if 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 whoever's top of the League One, uh, the National League doesn't get into it, they can't afford to sue probably. But West Brom and Leeds can. Look at look at Coventry, Coventry City, it's, it's, five points clear at the top of League yeah. One. Not play, they're playing forty six away games this season. Playing St Andrews, yeah. their home matches yeah. there. Yeah. They've got a, a, a young squad that Mark Robbins has put together. They've already sold, I think, their left back who's back on loan there um, at the moment of seeing out this season with them. If they don't go up this season and become a Championship club, yeah. Then I know there's an ownership issue at that club anyway, but there's even less chance of them actually keeping that team together. You know, less chance of that club being sold potentially as well. And it, I mean, all manner of. And also, I mean, Coventry fans will think they're cursed because what that club's been through in the last yeah, ten years is is astonishing with the owners and the stadium and like it's vital for some of these clubs that the games go ahead in some way or another I mean do we but think there's a scenario where they the, the season does get completed and pushed on a little bit into May or see, June but behind closed doors only if the players are fit I mean the players aren't That's suffering from coronavirus and the managers aren't suffering from coronavirus and the but that is a lot well, easier to players, test than, than thousands of people but the players will be <laughs> less fit Anyway, because yeah. the players aren't training. So, again, what happens is there is a scenario whereby you play the games and the club that gets relegated goes, well, that's not fair because our players weren't. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, these are not normal circumstances. So there is no... Your lawyers will make a fortune. But there is, I, I can't see any scenario in which there isn't possible legal action. So the, what, yeah. this is why I think the least least worst option is finding a way to complete yeah. the season. Yeah. You reverse the scenarios yeah. between West Ham and Palace at the moment and so West Ham had just won their last three at 39 points and Palace were just a point off the, yeah. the yeah. bottom three with the squad that the Palace have got and that size being asked to play when they won't be f- fully fit because they won't have had the regular training and they won't have had the regular rhythm of games. They go back into matches they're asked to play two games a week. Inevitably they're going to be a load of injuries. Yeah. Suddenly you've got a so no. you got half the squad that you had at the beginning and you're fighting a relegation battle. I mean, it's just, 
again, scenarios are, and, and the potential for legal challenges, are, I would imagine, are huge. The other issue, which is interesting, and I think they are, they will have to address it, is if it, if if the season goes beyond the thirtieth of June, mm. which it surely we has must to. Do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't actually affect Palace because Palace don't have any players other than the third choice goalkeeper who's out of contract this summer. But look at say Chelsea. Chelsea have got Olivier Giroud, William, Pedro all out of contract on the 30th of June. So they've got like three fixtures to play in July. Yeah. And they've got the prospect of signing a pre-contract agreement with somebody who's going to offer them a two or three year deal. Do they risk, do they actually risk turning out for Chelsea on maybe we'll give you another two weeks of your yeah. contract and get a big injury and then the other deal falls through? It's a huge it, issues it, around those contracts. Uh, also, yeah, uh, every, every loan deal technically yeah. finishes on the 30th of June. Yeah. But so could, so do, do, do clubs... Again, the same scenario. Do they extend the loan deal yeah. and a player gets injured in the in the last game in July and can't go back to his club? Or and do they all go back to their club? And again, those clubs that get ready to get saying, oh, now two best players were, out, were on loan. You know, remember, if, if Loftus-Cheek had been sent back yeah. and we'd lost our last two games, you'd be going, well, that's not fair. I guess so the, the, one, the one thing that kind of unifies everyone is that this is happening to every club. This isn't happening to one or two clubs who then afterwards say, this, yeah, this yeah. was really unfair and it only happened to us. But some clubs this are, is happening to everyone. But, but some clubs are more immune to it than others. Some clubs, are, the Premier League clubs, none of them are really in any danger. Because most Premier League clubs don't rely on match day income. No, yeah. Some like Bournemouth, it's only six or seven percent, and that's one of the smaller clubs. So, the, and of course, there are other implications. The foundation effectively ceased mm. from today. Yeah. So all the apart from schools, which bizarrely, you know, pubs and restaurants are shut, but schools are still open. At the school's discretion, we can still go into schools and do programs, but everything else, which involves face-to-face training. Depression issues, weight loss issues, fitness issues, refugee team issues, all that's stopped. So, a time when the most vulnerable people in Croydon need the foundation's help, they can't get it. And at least Steve Parrish has has said he will do everything he can. We've got built up substantial reserves, which is brilliant. And the Premier League have indicated that it's not just us, it's every foundation, but it's. Yeah, and these are times when you want Sellers Park to be a, a haven for people to come to, but of course they can't. Yeah. And the other thing as well with smaller clubs is that so much of their income relies on commercial stuff. Mm. You know, you have your wedding reception at Doncaster mm. or whatever, or you, you have your, lo- your South Yorkshire Businessman of the Year. Well, that's all, that's all gone. So there's major financial implications. And, and you're right, it, it, is, it is for all of us, but some of us are, are more worried about it than others, basically. And this you, would, yeah, you would but, like to think the foundation thing that the club Premier League clubs are able. It'd be nice if Premier League clubs are able to step in and help. But how can they if clubs? you can't have mass gatherings? I mean, a, a lot of these things will. Yeah, fin- financially, yeah. I think the. Pre- I mean, that's the interesting thing as well is that probably the Premier League clubs and the the PFA are the only people, the actual individual clubs, not the Premier League as a whole. So, like Man City or the PFA are the only people wealthy enough to be able to financially help the clubs in their area. So if Bolton's in trouble, Rochdale's in trouble, Man City, the EFL would have to change their rules because as we saw with Berry when Everton tried to help, they said, no, you can't do that. But effectively, because the government won't step in because the government will say, well, if we bail out football, then we have to bail out ballet and we have to bail out hotels. So the government's response will be to bail out nobody as far as I can see. So there won't be any help coming from that 
quarter. Could, could the but, FA apply to like a coronavirus tax to big clubs or something and say that and then it I all goes into a pot and helps I, I don't those that need don't it. tend to um, no. get involved in stuff like that though I mean that's becomes a bit more political the FA are more concerned with grassroots football and yeah. the England national team yeah. to be honest but these are you know these are extenuating circumstances yeah, and yeah, these yeah, of are course. I mean, unprecedented I, times yeah I, I think financial fair play rules for example will have to be because everyone's going to be Breaking yeah. them essentially, absolutely. That that yeah. have to be suspended. Look, I mean, they, they will, will have, have to be suspended. Yeah, and I, I think they will. Yeah, the, the Premier League clubs will be encouraged to. I, I, I thought the way that UEFA. I mean, I was a bit alarmed by the story that David Ornsley put out yesterday, saying that they they were requesting two hundred and seventy five million pounds to postpone the Euros. Yeah. That was that was an alarming start. But I actually thought that the statement today and the, the way they. They acted relatively quickly today and and have just said, look, the next few days and weeks we're going to set up these task forces and we're going to discuss how best to do the programme. That is the sensible way of dealing with it at the moment. So at the moment the authorities seem to be moving in the right direction and and they all recognise that it is best for the seasons to be completed, the domestic seasons and and the European season. Remember, because Champions League and Europa League need to... Need to be complete concluded as well. Yeah, um, they're talking about possibly, you know, holding them as mini tournaments almost, just yeah. to finish off in a, in a two or three day. Wow, yeah. uh, couple of games you could play then, but I mean it's. But then FIFA step in and say, well, if you're not doing the Euros, why don't we have a f- uh, well, international mini oh, league to, to raise some money for? <laughs> yeah, the only. Well, it's not a good thing, but I think it means that the the third UEFA tournament, the UEFA Champions League, yeah, which is will almost certainly, almost certainly be deferred by a couple of seasons because that would have had that would probably would have put pay to the League Cup, yeah. Because the, you know, there's a, you're looking at me, yeah. The, the FIFA World f- Club Cup, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. no, no. You have, there's a th- from the season after next. There's a third, so you got you'll have the Champions League, Europa League, the, the and, the Europa the, cha- the and the Europa super, Championship. The right. Cup and his Cup, the Cup is basically. Yeah. So why? Because <laughs> it, more it football. Monetized, <laughs> because is there not enough football? Because broadcasters want it, but that it would it almost certainly mean the Carabao Cup would disappear because there wouldn't be enough weekends to play right. it, uh, week week nights to play it essentially. It's it, it's it's interesting this w- the way this chat went in the last few minutes. You f- you forget almost how many people at various levels this will affect. It's not just the fans that go to watch the games or the players or the staff. Like it's almost everybody involved in communities and anything it's is going to be affected by this. How many people? You know, Palace are one of the clubs that are paying for the London living wage, which is brilliant, and also insist that subcontractors pay it. So we're at some clubs. The actual staff will be getting a London living wage, but the people selling you a burger and a pint on Saturday won't. But those are kids that will make 50 quid on a Saturday at Sellers Park. They won't be getting their money. The people who print the programmes won't be getting their money. It, it affects the whole economy. The pubs, you know, the Paulson's Arms lives on the home games, basically. Yeah. I was I was down there just now before the... Before the broad, uh, before the podcast this evening, just um, I went down to, to Sainsbury's to pick up something from my mum, who's <laughs> um, <laughs> who's staying safe inside, um, and um, it's it's sad. It's, it's 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 empty and it's. I mean, Sainsbury's is busy. Tasty Jerk's doing a <laughs> roaring yeah, trade, yeah. strangely yeah. still, but um, so it's it's going to be my insult for the rest of my life and a stockpiler. 
anybody who annoys me, I'm just going to say, oh, you're a stockpiler. But you're right, it is sad. I mean, it's hard. I'm freelance, so I spend a lot of time yeah, walking around Norbury on a Tuesday anyway, and it doesn't look that particularly different, to be perfectly honest. Mm. But it is, you, you get a train into town, and it's, it's different. And also, somebody made the point, the timing for Berry. If Berry had managed to hang on till now, they'd probably mm. been saved. But also, this is what it's like for Berry fans for the rest of their life. We're moaning because we haven't got football yeah, for a couple yeah, of weeks, yeah. a couple of months. But our club will come back. Yeah, those poor sods, it, their club's gone. Mm. Yeah, well, so it's, it's, from what you're saying at the start of the conversation, I mean, there's a risk that there could be more. I, there is. There are clubs at risk. My my instinct is that I think. I think football as a PR exercise will do the opposite of Richard Branson. I think clubs will want to be seen to help hmm. other clubs in their community. I think Palace, for example, if Bromley were, were struggling or Sutton were struggling, I, I like to think Steve Parrish and the club would find a way of helping them somehow. And I think I think it's it's really important. The, the pyramid in English football is almost unique. And I think it's really important to maintain the integrity of that as yeah. far as you can and keep yeah. as many clubs open as hard as you can and and the other thing is it, if if the National League is allowed to carry on playing it might actually help some of those clubs they, they might actually make more money on, is it going to be allowed to carry on I don't think it will be really no. I think it's I think that's it, there were suggestions earlier today that it was it was imminent that that decision right. okay. may have even been made by now but I don't think that'll be happening because uh, my instinct was I thought the broadcasters might really really work hard to keep that going just so they could I had a chat with a, a, a an English player who's playing in Turkey um, and they are still playing behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. Had a chat with him today and he was like, it's, it's very, very weird, but he's suddenly, he's suddenly fielding calls from journalists all, over, all around the world saying, oh, you're, you're still playing football. Can we talk to you, please? Because yeah, uh, nothing what's else it like? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the Wolves game was Olympiacos, wasn't it? Was Olympiacos, I mean, yeah. In, uh, initially, I switched to the Rangers game because I wanted to see a game with a crowd, but Rangers were getting so outplayed, which, <laughs> which was funny in itself. But I went back to the Olympiacos Wolves, and, and after a while, you kind of you kind of tune out. You kind of think I'm watching football. That's fine. You can you can mentally. It's put I watched the At- Atlanta Sofia. Yeah. Was it they were playing? And it, was, it is. Yeah. I did it's the, odd. I did Croatia England in the Nations League. Wasn't yeah. it? No, no, it was awful. It's absolutely dreadful. It's the most depressing experience. It's. I mean, that wasn't just because Jordan Pickford was shouting a lot. <laughs> it was just, it's just completely soulless. It's like watching well, it's a training. It's quite funny session. when those England fans yeah. found a way to, to stand on the to hill. Stand on the yeah. hill eventually, yeah. But I, I, they got us to move on then. Didn't yeah, that? That no. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And of course, because we've been told by Sky for the last twenty years that it's the atmosphere at the English Premier League that makes it so sellable. But I, I, I. For me, that's a, a better solution is to play the games behind. And I know there are still issues here because there still need to be stewards and police. Yeah. But, but to me, that's a that's a much better option than just saying the league stops now. I, I totally agree with you. And I think if it takes playing behind closed doors to get the league done and get to a point where at least this season's finished and then obviously whatever happens in next season and litigation and stuff, do, do press and journalists get to go in behind we don't know. Those stores. That's a good we point. don't know. I mean, it's there are limits to again mass gatherings, and and there are five hundred players, staff, stewards on scene already. Then I imagine that press wouldn't be allowed. There must be at least there'd be there'd be like host, host broadcasters and you know people who've actually paid mm. to broadcast and cover the, the sport would have, would get preference. So I if, if there's that. no press there and no club media team, then does the game even happen? Mm. Good point. 
Who knows? I mean, there are implications as well for you know if sponsors, match day advertisers as well yeah. who have paid up. Yeah, exactly. Paid in advance. Who gets? Yeah, who has more of a say of being there? That's a good point. Just I'm terms. I was thinking more in terms of the finances. You know, cause, yeah. But, uh, and then the other thing is the issue as well is there will be people saying, "Well, I've not seen the last five games of the season. I want five nineteenths of my season ticket back." You know, and you'd, you'd like yeah, to think that people wouldn't point. do that. Yeah. But there are quite if you go to the Emirates or the Etihad, there's quite a few companies who have bought fifty, a hundred corporate season tickets. Well, Palace, Palace had already started to give refunds on those in the away games, aren't they? Yeah. Bournemouth and Liverpool. But I guess if you've what season tickets? Also, this different? is the time. Of, well, this is people are renewing their season tickets this time of year as well. And well, this, yeah, but they've delayed that. Paris, yeah, yeah, Paris, yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah, delay. Yeah. But this is, is also the time enough. of year when Sky pay out for the next year's broadcasting rights because Sky pay the Premier League clubs in advance. So they've got money to pay people in the transfer window. So Jim White has got something to do on a. Oh, of course. Yeah. So all the all the transfers, all that will be money that they've they're assuming is coming in and set aside for. Yeah. yeah. Well, I presume, Tom, there's a transfer window will have to go. There can't be a transfer window. <laughs> we, can, you I mean, can't have the transfer window. Yeah. Well, we don't, I think that, yeah. that hinges upon when, when the contracts expire. Yeah. When they, when they, I mean, technically, I think in the summer, you're not meant to actually buy a player until the 1st of July, are yeah. you? I mean, when, when those contracts have expired. I mean, obviously, deals get done prior to that. Um, but yeah, they'll have to rejig all of that. It, They'll they'll have to th- they'll have to think outside the box. They'll, they'll get it done. There there will be some kind of compromise reached. There has to be. There has to be. Otherwise, yeah. we can't go on. Oh God. Um, <laughs> or Dougie Freeman will step up and miraculously find a. Why is that your solution to everything? <laughs> I'm blaming him for it. Um, <laughs> um, look, we had a few questions. I think we've answered most of them. But I'm going to read them out anyway. So Keith Badger, okay, says, um, "Thank you for carrying on." I should we say are, at this point, we are heroes. We are going to carry on, actually, regardless. Even if there's no football for months, we're still going to pod, and we're going to find, we're going to be creative, aren't we? And find ways around it, and find things to pod about. Yeah, we'll ask. Well, we're going to ask our listeners, aren't we? What? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, so, we'll end, we'll end the yeah, pod on that, but we will. What's Keith's suggestion? Well, his question is, um, how would you resolve the Premier League? And when we've sort of come into that, but his yeah. suggestion is. Perhaps Kevin's piece of paper could come into play. That's a really good idea. Wow, yes. Use that, because that was the... Um, I was trying to explain to somebody uh, over the weekend when I should have been in Prague. So I wasn't in a good mood anyway, as I found myself in Eastbourne watching a play about Boris <laughs> the Prague Johnson. Prague of the UK. Which <laughs> Mrs what? Day thought would be some... Why don't you come down to Eastbourne and watch the play about Boris Johnson? Oh, I've seen it already. It's fine. But, you know, <laughs> it'll make up for not being in Prague. But I got talking to a bloke in a pub who said, what they should do with the league is you work out how many points each club's got per game and then you give them that amount of points and then I went yeah but then we'll all end up exactly where we are exactly, exactly where we are now so we might as well just finish it. And, but he, he wouldn't have it he was like no 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 he was just he, was like, and, he, and he had a point because Villa yeah, might Villa actually would Villa would have actually got but I don't I think there are a number of options for what happens to the season now so just on your bit of paper who stayed up who went down uh, I don't care who goes down as long as we don't. My bit of paper says we weren't going down. Okay. See, that was the other option. And people say, well, why don't we have some kind of Paul's panel thing where experts decide who would have <laughs> no, won? That's a horrible <laughs> idea. Because <laughs> nobody would sue after that, would they? Well, did you see that Trevor was... Brookings says oh. that Man United Arsenal would end as a one all West Ham mid-table. Strange. Did you see that someone on Twitter had, had done... A, there's loads of suggestions flying about for how to end the season. And one person has said, if you take the form of the last three games yeah. and apply that... That's a decent... We should decent do that. Do you know what would happen yeah. if that happened? We'd be yeah. Champions League. Palace would be champions. Just, yeah, champions. Yeah, yeah. Champions, really. Yeah, top of the table. Actually, I'd... I'd, I'd be interested when we next time we 
meet. Because I, I just can't see any other non, not playing the game's option. Right. To be honest, I don't think anybody will accept any other option. Right. You know, the, the idea of a Duckworth-Lewis method for football was kind of nice, but nobody's going to... A what now? Duckworth-Lewis method, how they... Cricket. S- how they resolve... Cricket. Rain-affected cricketer. And, what, how, and how do they do it? What the, it's it's very, very complicated. It's a formula and everything. Okay. What, what are they teaching people in schools? <laughs> not, <laughs> not about cricket. Thank, thank God. Um... <laughs> Uh, so Ricky B, what, what you need to you need to do what journalists do and comedians, in fact, when confronted with something they've never heard of, yeah. is to go, yeah, that's exactly what they need to do, and then Google it under the <laughs> table, <laughs> or I just say cricket over and over again. I, I do have a laptop right in front of me, which is why journalists are the best guests on any radio show because a journalist will never say, I don't know. <laughs> a journalist will literally make something up. That's why I never made it as a journalist because I'm quite happy to or admit you'll find that I can come up with a transfer rumor just like well, that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or they do what I do, say, well, I I understand. <laughs> Club sources. That's what, you, that's what you say when you're about to libel someone. Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Right. A few more people uh, with their suggestions. It's Ricky B says, should oh, the season it. be finished? That's all he's put. And I think that I think this is similar. Tem- Terry Grabowskas. Hi, Terry. Says, would you do you guys? What do you guys think of giving Liverpool the Premiership and two coming up from the Championship? So we have 22 teams. So we're using five going down at the end of next season. What? Four. I would yeah, send I... four down. Run with. Hang on. Hang on. This is this is like your uh, cricket theory. Um, I would send four down. Run with twenty-one. Then then send four down again. Brighton and West Ham could well luck out. Terry, yeah, please no, come what... back next time with a much easier solution. No, no, no. What, what Terry suggested is we talked about having a twenty-two team league for one season, and then oh, and he's uh, like he's twenty-one saying, uh, for for two seasons. Yeah, because even that means that three come up rather than yeah. Too because again, that's another issue. It's like Leeds and West Brom will say thank you very much, but Fulham, Brentford, and all yeah. those will say, Well, we yeah. could have beaten them to it, or and quite rightly, yeah. Uh, all things Palace says, What's your preferred solution to the outcome of the league? And then, what was Terry's first point? He said, he said I Give it. Liverpool the title, yeah. That, I, I'm not worried about that in the slightest that yeah. part of it because they they will win the Premier League, yeah. that, that is theirs. But every other thing, every other the the relegations and the the, the clubs up and down the pyramid who, need, who are trying to get promotion or struggling against relegation that, that that's the key bit. That's, yeah. well, the title isn't yeah. weirdly well, absolutely. Yeah, and also financially, the the title you win more money the higher up the league you finish. But again, that's another issue. Is that Palace we've climbed yeah. only climbed three places, but if we were to climb another four places before the end of the season, that's eight million quid. Mm. Yeah. So it's two million quid a place. That's so four that, Jordan Ayers. Well, exactly. So that money's got to be distributed. So, you know, that money's still there, so that would need to be distributed somehow. But yeah, even then, if, if if West Ham West Ham would argue that, well, why Palace getting more? We could have finished above them anyway. So everywhere, all, no matter how far down you delve, there's legal problems. All the while, the there are possibilities, and technically, up until the penultimate weekend of the season, there's still possibilities. That yeah, teams course, gonna, then, then it's it's not going to be a clear cut. The only certainty is that lawyers like Andy Street are going to be <laughs> having much bigger houses this time <laughs> next year, basically. <laughs> Poor Andy. Um, <laughs> lawyers like Andy Street. I didn't say Andy Street. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that the way you're getting out of that? Although if ever there was a lawyer like Andy Street, Andy Street is the lawyer <laughs> most the one, like yeah. Andy Street. Um, <laughs> right. Do you know what? I, I feel we've, we've given that a good chat. I think the, the final solution to that is we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but no one does. No. And, and we don't... The, the bottom line is we don't even know what the... The actual virus is doing and how it works. Exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. And, uh, well, again, because there are some people who say within four weeks it will have reached peak and start, but we don't. Because do again, we're not being told. It's I've, I've, what it does prove is that it, even 
even now without football, you still want to talk about football. It's like, it just shows what people who don't know football won't understand how much it means to us, it not being there. But for the rest of us who love football, it just underlines what a massive part they, of our they life. They won't understand how that we've managed to talk for longer in this part know, about non-football than any other pod this but season. There, <laughs> part one. But there are, you know, people talk about there are anxiety issues yeah, there, there will be yeah. because there are people. You take football away from, and if, I think was it Sarah? Somebody described it as the the most important of the least important things, because <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah. it's not life and death. But for all of us, it's a huge part of our yeah, yeah. our life, and it not being there is is horrible. Yeah, it's, it and really it was this, this this weekend, the first weekend yeah. since the postponement was very weird. Well, it's, well, the first one's a novelty a little bit because we didn't. Yeah, we so we meant to be in Prague, so you think, well, this is a bit weird. I mean, Eastbourne, not Prague, but you go, well, that's, you know, that'll be a comedy, that'll be a five minute comedy routine, that's fine. It's like four weeks' time when you've still got no football. Mm. And, and that's, it's like Dominic hints, the nature of the British psyche is that after four weeks, we'll be going, sod this for a laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to the pub. I don't care what I get. That's the problem. I yeah. think, yeah, that's very true, actually. Which um, is well, another reason why some people thought the postponing the Premier League was quite early, because you thought maybe another four weeks. And then you could say the season's over, and then we got the summer, and we wouldn't moan yeah. so much. But well, anyway, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, we're going to take a break from coronavirus chat in part <laughs> two. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, we're going to discuss an article from the Athletic. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to part two of the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Part 326. And part two, of course is where we discuss an article from our sponsors, The Athletic. We do have the author here today, but Kevin, after last week, I'm not going to force him to read it, even though I think it worked quite well. Where was I last week? Oh, yeah, father-in-law's funeral. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> beg your pardon. Anyway. Oh, that's, gone, that's gone by quickly <laughs> that week. <laughs> so, well, it must take something serious for me not to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. On... <laughs> God, on, I should point out. But well, you know, what, I'm going to read. I forgot to read this bit last week. The Athletic, a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage, Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app, and they're completely ad-free. No ads, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash fyp, you can get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% of your yearly subscription. Now, I should point out, the Athletic are running a coronavirus live blog at the moment, and there's lots of updates on how that's affecting the world of sport in general. But for this week's article, we have chosen something that's away from coronavirus. Yeah. So we can have a break from that for a bit. And it's about Vincente Guaita. And it's by Don Fifield, of course, and Matt Wozenham. Uh, and the article is called Why Vincente Guaita is Already a Cult Hero at Crystal Palace. Uh, and I'm going to read you a chunk from it now. 
Uh, well, it goes on. It starts off by talking about uh, under circ- normal circumstances, Croatia might have been potentially looking at a call up for Spain this summer. Yeah. Obviously, the Euros are now not going to happen. And it goes on to talk about how well he's done for Palace, uh, including this. He has kept three clean sheets in a row in the top f- in the top flight in, in 18 in 51 appearances in all competitions since joining in the summer of 2018 at Brighton last month. He gathered the host eight shots in, on target. They have that many mm. with minimal fuss exuding complete authority throughout. But even leaving aside his prowess on the pits, he has achieved something at Palace that often takes several years to establish, cult hero status. There is no doubting the supporters have taken to him and that he in turn has reciprocated. Yes, his performances have been a significant factor in achieving that acceptance, but he has warmed the hearts of fans in much the same way as predecessor Julian Speroni, or for a short time, the erratic tracksuit botting, dotum donning <laughs> Gavot Kirai. And this is really nice. I'm sure a lot of Palace fans will have seen this online. In December, Guaita surprised an eight-year-old Palace supporter who had recently lost his mum with a bag full of Christmas presents, handing him signed gloves and inviting him to a kickabout on the pitch after a game with his family. He was also one of a group of players to deliver gifts to young Palace supporters over the festive period and was most recently invited one fan's daughter to Celeste after spotting on Twitter that she was ridiculed for her overt and fervent support of the club. Is there another way to support them? It's evident (laughs) that he has bought into the club, its supporters, and the work it does in the community. Combine that with his wholehearted efforts on the pitch, and it's easy to see why he has found his way so rapidly into Palace fans' hearts. Um, Kevin, not many players become cult heroes. I mean, that, that is an absolutely perfect way to describe him. In such a short period of time. Yeah, I just wonder if, if hero is enough. Well, cult hero. Some, yeah, uh, I, th- I think he's a cult hero in that the rest of the world haven't noticed. Because it's, it's funny watching Liverpool in the Champions League last week when Adrian making mm. those mistakes. Both Ed and I going, oh, that's bad. Well, like, desperately hoping that none of the big clubs look around and go, actually, he'd make a great. Because you'd think a keeper like Gaeta at his age would, would go, yeah, I'll be Liverpool's second choice keeper. But... I think for me, what was summed up and all the off-field stuff is he just exudes the, the same thing that Julian had. He look everyone. He just looks like a decent bloke. Mm. Anyway, just to look at him, he looks nice. And then everybody does. You know, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, and does. then everybody he's got the, a friendly face. He has, and yeah. then everybody at the club says he's a really nice bloke. And then you see these videos, and you think, oh, that's brilliant. But it's just, I think the, the save from Troy Deeney was what sums it up for me. It's like he had very little to do in that Watford game, and then Deeney won the only slack defensive moments gets through and that's a brilliant save but yeah. we all go yeah of course he made that save mm. if it was Hennessy we'd be going well what a save but yeah. we just almost take it for granted but he's it's almost impossible to quantify whether he's a better keeper than Julian but I just think we've got one of the best what would be interesting Dominic as well is to see how many times Julian played behind the same two centre-backs in the season because barely a game has gone by this season the last three games in fact we're down and Cahill, probably the first time for a while when he's had the same two centre-backs in front of him, which is always very unsettling for a keeper. But he's just... It's not just his shot-stopping. It's not just his command of the box. It's just the fact that we... We're ten yards further on. You can see how much the back four trust him when he's... They... We can push on a little bit. When Even at corners, the back four's not right on top of him like they used to do when Hennessy's there. He made that mistake against Sheffield. It's a mark of how good he's been. He made that mistake against Sheffield. And where I sit in the half of weight, it was, there's a pillow right in front of me. It's like, I refuse to. Everyone's going, oh, great. I said, no, he hasn't. He can't have done. <laughs> and it's only when you watch it later, you go, I don't think, was that his fault? I don't know. But I think, I, I think in such a short... Because, yeah, when Mandanda came in, people say, oh, he's got 
like cult hero status written all over him, you know, and it, and it yeah. didn't work out. It was the wrong club for him. Yeah, you could see the back four didn't want him passing the ball. Because the actually other thing about Goethe, he he knows when to to roll it out and when to kick it long. It's just he's just a really good keeper. And I have to say, probably it's down to Dougie Freeman that we that we got him. So you know, he, he doesn't. But even you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. Let's be fair. <laughs> I was about so to say, like, how are you going to recorrect that? At some point? <laughs> But yeah, Cahill, Cahill and Gaeta are probably the best bits. Well, and Ayu are probably really good bits of business. But Gaeta's a, yeah. is a, a great, and I, I just hope and pray that we we keep hold of him because he's well, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, clean sheets are so rare in in the Premier League. How many goals Liverpool concede? Yeah, clean sheets are really rare, and, and we've had three of them. And you wouldn't you wouldn't say they're because of him. But they are, they are partly because he's marshalling a defence. Has that's to be an element of it. Of course, Has absolutely. He, does, he seems to be Dom, the complete package. Yeah, I, I think he's... I, mean, I spoke to Roy Hodgson for that piece, and he suggested that he's better now than when he arrived. And that isn't just a communication thing. I mean, he did struggle with the language when he came in, understandably, in a, in a new environment, and, and, and struggled with the... You know the physicality as you as you would as a goalkeeper suddenly up against strikers in the six yard box at corners who are yeah. throwing elbows at him etc. But 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 he adjusted very quickly and 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 has excelled. Uh, he's he's obviously the quality is 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 there and it hasn't taken a lot for it to come through. Um, How he, much is down to Dean Kiley? You reckon? Well, Hodgson, who loves Dean Kiley, obviously yeah. uh, gives him an awful lot of credit. And given that he's the man that's working with him all the time, yeah. you'd imagine that is critical. He also talks about the competition, and it isn't. I know we, I know we all take the Mickey out of Wayne Hennessy, and he doesn't command the same respect when he's in the team. But he's an international goalkeeper with a lot of caps, yeah, yeah. No, and, no, and no, he's, yeah, he's a yeah. good goalkeeper. And to have him, it, and he will be exerting pressure in training on Gaeta, and that that will keep his maintain his standards higher. I don't know so much about Stephen Henderson, but he obviously has made an impact as well right. with behind the scenes. And I think, I mean, again, I spoke to Scott Dan in the mix zone at Brighton after the the win down there for, and he's quoted in the in the piece, and he he was just he, he the defence just trust him. Mm. They know what he's going to do. They understand him. There's there's complete faith in his ability, and for a centre half, whatever combination, and look, Palace have got five. Excellent, outstanding centre halves, best centre halves, five of them at the club. To have that many of that calibre at any one time, that must be the only time in our history that we've yeah, ever yeah. had that. Yeah, definitely. So you can yeah. you can throw all manner of combinations out of those five, and you'll always have a good combination somehow. Although to be fair, we didn't think that Dan and Cahill and this and this. No, but but they're both very good. Well, we were, we were we all have to hold our hands up about Dan. Because I said four weeks ago, mm. I'd rather have. I'd I'm not going to hold my hand up because I no, thought no, it was quality. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But just recently, to the, to the extent now, I would. I said I'd rather have Kiati in than, oh, yeah. than Dan. But I'm really pleased to say that Dan has proved. Yeah, he's all been of super us, absolutely. And, and Dan and Cahill are obviously a really good. What, what was um, before we signed him? What was his reputation in Spain? Well, he he'd done well at Valencia. He'd done. Well, at Getafe, but he had he'd been relegated with Getafe right. and then come back up again. Um, and I think the season, I think the season they went down, he didn't actually play that much. One of those seasons, he, he only played like 12, 13 games. But 
it is, it's a good point because you have to acknowledge what he gave up to come to England. Getafe, yeah. since they got promoted back to, to the Primera Liga, have have just gone through the roof. It's a tiny club in the sort of environs of Madrid, and and they they qualified for the Europa League last season when he was when you know Gaeta come to England and was adjusting to life at Palace. This season, they've already knocked Ajax out of the mm. Europa League. They're still in it. They're playing really? into Milan in, yeah. the, in, the, uh, oh in the last 16, if that ever gets resumed again, that competition. They're, they're, and they're, they're even higher. I think they finished sixth last season. They're fifth at the moment in La Liga. I mean, it's a, theirs is an astonish, astonishing success story. But, but one that is almost typical for Spain, because you saw like small clubs like Villarreal do that. And they, they, they conjure these players from nowhere and from South America quite often. And, and they'd they'd be brilliant for them. And, and so Spain does have that capacity. But but Palace saw an opportunity with a, an experienced player because he must have been 30, 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. And, um And they were patient. And even in that six-month period after we'd... And there was, remember all that panic? that was, you know, why... We're, we're getting all these rumours in the press that, 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 that this team wants Kaiter and they, they're going to try and yeah, get him he was from, so good, wasn't because, he? Yeah, that from that period. Was, you know, saving penalties against Barcelona and doing well against Real Madrid... And there and there were offers apparently to Palace in that six, you know in that six month period saying, I know he hasn't actually moved to yet, but you sign your pre contract. Is there any way we can buy out that clause, or is there any you know could we buy him on July the second from you or something? And they resisted all that, and they've been rewarded because he's the best goalkeeper that Palace have had since Nigel Martin in terms of commanding his area. Well, and also if, if Palace had then taken up that option and sold him for ten fifteen million quid or whatever whatever it was. You'd never be able to then get a replacement that's been as good as he has for that kind of money. Right? Right. In a way, yeah. he's almost kind of priceless yeah. to well, us. I, I think one of the areas we've been well served in is goal. Back from my generation, from John Jackson onwards, we've been well served by goalkeepers. And I, I this is I, I hate to imply any criticism of you. I think Gaeta's like he's up there with Nigel Martin. Mm. With John, I think he's a better keeper than. If you were offered a choice between Julian at his best and Gaeta at his best, I think uh, Gaeta would be my choice. For me, it's too early to say that, I think. I think he sees more authority than than Jules. I mean, yeah, we love Jules and he was brilliant for Palace. And, and in fact, some of his form in 13-14 in particular was out, so outstanding yeah. and, and, and was such a... It was almost like an Indian summer in his, yeah. his career, wasn't it? Because I don't think we ever really thought that we wanted him to succeed back in the Premier League in the same way that we wanted Palace to. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he sort of personified the, the resurgence of that Palace team, the unexpected resurgence. But but I think I think the quality is there with Gaeta. And it's, it's just, I do find it strange that, you know, at a time when um, Kepa or Isabelaga is pretty much out the, in and out of the Chelsea team, he's struggled badly. Um, he's just regained his place before coronavirus hit. And David De Gea has has had some pretty dicey moments this season, yeah. and yet they've they've not really. I think it's Powell, the, the the third the third choice one at, at, at Roma. They haven't really looked at Gaeta, and it's it's almost like he's escaped the radar in his homeland as well, which I find slightly ludicrous because to be doing what he's doing in the Premier League at a club like Palace to yeah. get eighteen clean sheets yeah. in fifty one matches with with an ever changing centre half, however good they are, yeah, in that. Caliber of team that's astonishing. Do you, is yeah. there an element of snobbishness? Do you think from bigger clubs, or an element that it, they admit that they missed out on the opportunity? When possibly, but then, well, in, in terms of in terms of coming in to sign him, or in yeah, terms yeah, of in terms of not assuming that a keeper that good would be at Palace. And 
I, I mean, when it comes yeah. to a national team, they should be looking everywhere. They've got no excuses at all. Yeah, um, I'm talking about other teams. I'm talking about teams. the big I mean, teams. I think they, they will be too. looking at him, but yeah. like, I, I, I don't see what's in it for him. I mean, he's he, he's very evidently, if you talk to anyone at the club, they, they love him. Uh, he loves them. It's a natural fit. Yeah. It's it's almost surprised people how, how well it has all worked out. For some, for a, for a player that didn't speak the language and, and his family didn't speak the language when they first came over, they've settled so brilliantly well. And I don't think... There's an option to extend the deal, and I think the agent has sort of, I think the agent has sort of made a few little noises about maybe we should get a new deal here possibly. Mm. Um, but Palace are really relaxed about it apparently because they're so content that he's happy and yeah. and they're happy with him. You know that that isn't a priority. It doesn't have to be a priority at the moment. There's still plenty of time left. Uh, but also, in that, you know, talk about that in the article and how great he is off the pitch and clearly how happy he is. Is that something that when clubs scout players, that they're not just scouting his ability on the pitch? They're scouting right. Does this guy have the mentality to fit into our squad? Is he the sort of person that would be happy moving up sticks and coming here? Because if so, then clearly they got that right. We had a guy. I can't remember his first name. Darren. Don't, he did the other po- the Price of Football podcast I do he's a scout ex-scout at the top level who said that increasingly the first thing scouts look at is personality right. now before yeah. sometimes the football ability is taken as a given but they look at somebody would this, is this person who'd be happy to travel live in another country how old are his kids what's the education like the language figure and Gaeta obviously ticks a lot of those boxes but also they would say he looks for a player who's so happy at the club he's at that it's almost not worth the the battle to try and yeah, yeah. crow by him away. And, and it's like Dominic said, he, he exudes happiness at Palace, mm. like, and as Julian did from very yeah. early on. It's some, sometimes a club and a player just work well together. And it's it's the same with Luca as well. I mean, Luca talked about being in Olympiacos and being in uh, his own like playing for clubs that were weren't the glamorous clubs that had a working class fan base. And sometimes that that works for you. Sometimes it's hard to attract players because of that, but sometimes you find a player with the temperament that, that is, is happy. He's like, likes the fans. You know, he would have seen how the fans reacted when he made the mistake against Sheffield United. He would have noticed yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can tell a measure yeah. of someone or a player how the fans react in the bad moments as much as they do in the good moments. Well, and that also, would have been very obvious there. Dominic's talked about this with Ben Teke as well. That there's an, yeah. an element of him wanting to repay fans that have been incredibly patient and loyal with him. I think there's yeah. something about Palace and goalkeepers, isn't there? Palace yeah. and an iconic goalkeeper, whether it's Julian or John Burridge, Nigel, back in the day and Budgie, yeah. John Jackson. So, yeah. You know, people that we just like a we like a goalkeeper. Yeah, and it's really nice that we've now got the, the next the next iconic keeper. Just finally, then PC Wires hey, PC. says, um, <laughs> "Does this weekend uh, count as another clean sheet for <laughs> Vinny in the defence?" I think I think we'll say yeah. <laughs> I, I think why not? Why not? Yeah. We'll take it. Um, good stuff. Well, you can read that article and many more at the Athletic. And if you go to the Athletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can get a thirty day free trial and receive fifty percent off your yearly subscription. Um, after the break, we got questions from our listeners. Right, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, dear, the enthusiasm. Hey. Oh, I'm drained out of the room. Uh, part three the is questions. Enthusiasm quest- for what? I don't know. <laughs> Just still being here. Um, oh, questions Christ, from... Bleak. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned the pod. Oh, God, shut up, Jim. Um, questions <laughs> from our listeners. Lots of them about 
how are we surviving the lack of football? Matt Paul IG says, how are the lads yeah. coping with football? I'm struggling to cope. Um, Isaac Church says, any tips on how to survive without Palace? The, the, the big match revisited on BT Sport during the day is very good. Oh, okay. Because every now and again, Palace from 1974. They just show in a whole season of big matches from 1974. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it is, except to, as you know, I was a kid during that time, and it's, it, I don't remember it being that bad. <laughs> I just thought football was great. Also, the best bit is Brian Moore, of, you know, the blessed Brian yeah. Moore, the best commentator, presenter. It's like... In the first couple of shows, he's just smoking as he just introduces <laughs> the game. And then there's a bit where we've got, you know, it's time for letters. And the first letter's from 12-year-old Terry, who's uh, uh, number 19, the Larches, Ballon. And it gives a full, <laughs> give, gives a full postal address. And you might as well say, his mum's out during the day. It's fine. It's just, <laughs> the jewellery's in yeah, the cabinet yeah, by it's, the it's door. Yeah. But it's, oh um, my God. it's football from a different age, but it's... It's worth it, though, just to occasionally see... I've watched Team of the 80s twice. Yeah, that's true. I saw that the other day. Yeah, which is yeah, great. Yeah. Also, Premier League years on Sky. Surely yeah. we're great viewing now. Yeah. Um, Leif Anderson's forehead. Hi, Leif Anderson's forehead. Recommended yeah. any box sets? Uh, and then Greb yeah. has replied, I might watch all my season reviews, get the 80s VHS out. So, you know, people oh. are clearly... The away games from the 80s, as we talked about earlier. You don't still have them, do you? I've got... The eighties or nineties? Late. I've got, I've got Norwich away, which I think it was either eighty nine or it's like wow. for three seasons. We, you could buy the video of away games, and yet now it's all just there, isn't it? Yeah, crazy times. Well, unless you're looking up like Jim Cannon's goal against Ipswich and put us top of the table, that's nowhere. That's nowhere. No, yeah. no, it was. It was. It was on Twitter the other day. Someone... No, there's a picture of it. There's a, oh, okay. a newspaper picture of it. It's, um, it's strange, isn't it? You don't realise how much football was. It's fine in the summer because you go, all right, I've got, I've got something to aim at. I know. I've got mid-July when, with the yeah. pointless when friendly it's supposed start, to be there yeah. and it's not there. It's very odd. Uh, which is exactly what Russell Levy Russell. and Carl Mortimer both okay. tweeted us about. Russell said, people who don't like football or sports in general, what is the point of their lives? <laughs> <laughs> and Carl says, is this how it feels not to follow sport? I don't like it. <laughs> well, I've said, I've said before, you know, I like... Like a lot of football fans, I have other interests in life. I like, I love the theatre. Yeah. I love music. But if you told me now that I could never go and see a play again, I'd, I'd say, all right, that's a shame. But if you said this is it, you're not watching any more football. So I, mm. I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, I, yeah, I found the, the the last weekend very, very odd indeed. To stay home and look after your own child. There is that actually, yeah. Still yeah. Um, as no, he, he he got a very quizzical look from Mrs. Day when he said I'm babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> that is libel. That's actually libel. I never said that. You understand? You that's did what say happened, that. You yeah. said you were babysitting. You said it's your own kid. I would never say that um, on air. Um, someone who uh, is a big fan of the theatre is Robbie Scotcher, one Hi, of our patrons. He says oh. you've got every. Oh, talk, sorry to interrupt, but talking of which, we lost a talk of the theatre in Palace. We lost a big supporter this week, Roy Hudd. The 83-year-old yeah. comedian and broadcaster died oh, yesterday. Was a he was a big yeah. Palace fan, yeah. Oh, RIP, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh. Um, Robbie says, he's got a conundrum for you guys. Are oh. you ready for this? You've got every Palace season in front of you. You can only watch one. Oh. What season do you pick? Oh. Can I give you my suggestion? And again, it's one from my formative years. It's got to be a whole fan. season. You can't have half of one and... I'm going to... No, but, but no. then you can't have a calendar year. No, okay. You've got to have... Well, actually, no, the season I was about to suggest was um, 97-98, which, in hindsight, wasn't a great season. Well, but, <laughs> but just so oh, much yeah. happened. It, yeah. was, it was like a soap opera. So much happened. 
But actually, in hindsight, we didn't win till, at home till I, April, so probably probably not. No, probably 78, 79, just because that was like becoming, you know, that was like the first season I went to just about every game. It ended so brilliantly. That was such a good team. But I don't know, maybe the first season in the Premier League, stay, oh, although none of the games are particularly... I mean, you've we got haven't had many stand up for every Christian ball we've had in the Premier League. We've had some, but you've got a lot of you've got a lot of decent promotion seasons. So ninety three, yeah, ninety four yeah, would be good. Three, four yeah. would be good, given that you yeah. you could be you'd be angry at Christmas, yeah. <laughs> losing losing to Millwall on Boxing Day. Oh God, yeah. In Dowie's first game, and then you'd be happy in the end when Powell's scoring and then Ships is scoring. At oh yeah, you're, oh, three, yeah. So I Cardiff, was talking about ninety three, ninety four, but you're right, oh three, oh, oh four yeah, as well. Oh, yeah. So yeah, oh three, oh four is a good shout. You don't. You also have the, that first game of the season. That year when Stevie Kemba was in charge and they mm-hmm. went 2-0 down down to 10 men at Burnley and still managed to win 3-2. Oh, yeah. Dougie Friedman hat-trick. Yeah. You'd yeah. love that, yeah, Kemba, yeah. wouldn't you? Well, at the time I did, yeah. Because <laughs> he was the hero, Dougie Friedman. Oh, that's and, then, and then culminating in the playoff final as well. Yeah. What was that? that, was, that was part of... But the trouble is that Steve Kemba ended losing 5-0 at Wigan. 5-0 at Wigan. Yeah. Which was on TV, wasn't it? It as well? was. Great question. That is a good question, actually. Great question. Um, that be, I think maybe that's something for a, one for of the future pods that we one do. One of our future pods that we're going to try and fill, fill with <laughs> Palace content. Top, some yeah. can, I, can, I, can I give you another? Maybe I'll save this. No, I'll chuck it in. Um, from Gan- Gantage. Hi, Gantage. It says, which Palace player from history would you most trust if they were Prime Minister and had to stand up and address the nation to calm the public's fears? Has to be Spironi for me. <laughs> So I mean, Spironi would be a very calming effect on the nation. Oh, gosh, he'd get ner- he'd get nervous, Julian, in front of a big crowd. <laughs> not his not his natural home language. Uh, Jim Cannon would probably scare everyone. Would <laughs> definitely, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. I'll go for Lombardo with Brolin as translator. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the That's a good question, isn't it? I'm going to go for Dave Madden. He had Dave. an air of authority about him. <laughs> Dave the Mod Madden. Yeah. It's one of my favourite goal celebrations ever when he ran a, when he scored in the playoff, wagging his finger at the half weight. Why is he doing that? Because it was, it was, yeah. cele- that was the that way was he celebrates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happier days, kinder, gentler times. <laughs> so in many somebody, ways, also some, not. When somebody walking on a crossbar was the most exciting thing <laughs> you'd ever seen. Uh, all right, fine. John Burridge walking on his hands was so exciting. It was the opening credits to the big match for a two seasons running. <laughs> And then Peter Taylor. Stop going on about the big and then at Christmas, Peter Taylor would do his normal wisdom impression. <laughs> Simpler times. Um, yeah. Simon Daniel Oates. Hi, Simon hello, Daniel. Says, who would be who would be the worst Palace manager to be quarantined with? Oh Christ! Part well. <laughs> wait, do you want to, wait, a, I, if, you, if you're this. if you're a woman, Pardew. Oh, hold on. <laughs> do I leave that in? Yeah. I think I will leave it in. Um, uh, he he says, I reckon Allardyce. As his farts would stink. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the dourest Palace manager, Trevor Francis, he was just Francis. Is, yeah, he was such so not laugh a minute. Yeah, most Holloway would drive you up for the first oh, couple of days. Holloway, you'd laugh at Holloway's little exact thing, exact same thing, yeah. and then he'd drive you up. You want to kill him? You'd yeah, be, yeah. You'd be a bit infuriated by Frank the Bull telling you how good he was. That's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pulis is interested in art and stuff like that, but Allardyce... Pulis, Pulis likes history, doesn't he? Yeah, he military history in particular. Yeah. But Allardyce has got a broad range of cultural interests. Yeah. He loved ice skating, for if example. If he just avoid the farts, then he'd probably Roy be quite would, interesting. Roy would be, would be fascinating, yeah, after a while. Well, this was supposed to be worse, Palace Man. But yeah, Roy would be... No, to be locked up with. It's, it's like, it's, that's his... 
Yeah, I think Roy would be one of the best. Roy would be oh, fascinating. No, he'd, yeah, you're right. He'd be a good one to be. Roy would be great. You could chat about like Russian literature for days. Yeah. Lombardo would Do you be know just good. Like Lombardo would be great. No, I know. I would ask him questions and, and learn a lot about it. <laughs> I, for, I, for Roy, this is just a long press conference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know <laughs> I, I made the mistake, Dominic, of... Uh, I can't remember what Q&A it was I hosted last year, but I stepped in at short notice to host this Q&A where I was doing... He he said, can we not ask questions about substitutions? Or so I, I said, I was going to talk about Russian literature, which he took as a sign that I knew something about Russian literature. <laughs> and he started throwing his names in, and I got so paranoid, I thought, I wonder if he's made that name. I didn't want to say, oh, yeah, he's my favourite, and he's going to say, he doesn't exist. He played left back for Dinamo Moscow. In, uh, <laughs> you panicked and said, "Why don't you ever really want for That is a good question, actually. Well, this is what makes yeah. me feel confident about these next few weeks, trying yeah. to fill this non-palace content. Is I think our listeners will do us proud. Um, so I guess at this point we should say that we are looking for ideas. Well, we're obviously going to have our own, but if anyone's got any suggestions for how we can fill the pods in the next few weeks, themes. Selzy would like us to do. A best ever and worst ever 11 of Palace. Yeah. He thinks that would be and then bring up some good debate. Like us to talk about Brighton <laughs> and his mate Chris Hewton. 11 things that his mate Chris Hewton has done. <laughs> or 11 yeah. things he doesn't hate about Brighton. Yeah. Um, but if anyone's got any suggestions, let us know. I've already opened it up to the patrons, actually, our patron, and um, there's some great ones. Richard says, I reckon you should try and get Kevin to come on and review the Burnley game from 1979. Because <laughs> we might, on the post-match pod, start reviewing... Old games, old games rather yeah. than current games. Uh, and Timothy Nichols says, I think Jim and, Jim and Selzy playing each other on FIFA and then discuss <laughs> our last virtual game as we push. I don't think anyone wants that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, questions like the, which the worst manager to be locked up with are all great. Yeah, great things. This is a bit like uh, an editorial meeting in the Athletic. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if any of these end up on the Athletic, then uh, I'll be sending invoices. Um, <laughs> Let's have a Jerry Murphy special. <laughs> Uh, right, are you ready for some actual questions about Palace? Mm. Lee Ayres Hi, Lee. says, assuming life returns to normal, and we really do hope it does, Lee, um, within a time period not beyond stupid, there are rumours about Tosin still coming and Michi Batshuayi being a target too. If these both happened, who the hell do we have up front next season? I mean, Dom, are, are clubs even considering things like this at the moment, or is this all just completely out of the window? There'll be lists, but they won't have moved on anything. Nothing significantly, anyway. I mean, they were before this struck. Palace were Palace's recruitment department. I know they're. We need to see the proof in the pudding. We need. We we can be cynical, etc. And we hear this every approaching every window. But they they were exploring possible signings. They were talking to people. They were doing what they do ahead of every transfer yeah, window. Yeah. Um, I think Roy made it quite plain that he expected transfer activity. Absolutely, to absolutely. And I think there's there's, quite, there's quite acceptance. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think it. It also depends on the rate of each, whether each country comes out of it at the same yeah. time. So if if our league starts, for example, yeah. and German and Italian football doesn't, or to, and Turkish football does, then you might find a load of clubs looking for players that are fit from playing football in in Turkey. I wonder if there's any Scandinavian yeah. players that we know yeah. are fit from <laughs> playing football. So you don't know. It it, it could also be the the season where every club is forced to look at the younger players. That's true. For, could for open up, yeah. it could, That's yeah, very we, true. I mean, we say that every year, but Chelsea were more or less forced to look at younger players this season, and it's, and it's been exciting for them. Man City will probably take that approach if they're not in the Champions League for the next couple of years. So it might be that it might be that the league continues, but transfer activity 
God, that application, you don't know, that, so that, that, that new £20 million investment in the academy could have been... You know, there's another curveball in this as well, in, in Brexit, in the, you know, technically, if if Brexit still happens, and from the 1st of January, there's a lot of lower league clubs that will be having to release players, yeah. which means that they won't be selling their best domestic players to the likes of Palace, because they'll be needed to keep all the talent on, so it's... Again, it's one of those situations. We it's, it's almost impossible. Well, we've been speculating for an hour and a half, but it's changing on a daily basis, so yeah. it's, it's difficult to speculate. But, but the Batshuayi thing is the one you think you you kind of think that that's the one that won't go away. Essentially, isn't it? It's, well, I mean, he he that is where he's played his most successful football yeah. of recent years, yeah. um, and he did look a natural fit in that team. But then, I, I suppose. A, you know that team is slightly different now. Yes. Would he have the same effect? I don't know. But and he's certainly not been. And I've seen a look quite a lot of him this season. He's 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 not looked the player that he was at Palace last. Really, um, but that's a confidence thing. He's obviously the ability is there. But he's just not a Chelsea player, and yeah. Yeah. he will leave Chelsea. But at some point, but you know Chelsea are asking forty five million pounds for him in in January. Wow, it's, really? it's, that's that's actually 15 million pounds more than they paid for him. Yeah. So it's they won't get that surely. They're pretty hard they strike a pretty hard bargain I mean, Chelsea they're not, they're not Marina Granovskaya is no pushover. Yeah. Uh, they will get the money that they feel that he's worth. Um or he'll just sit on the periphery there until you know until well, that yeah, there's a lot of mystery about Abramovich's continuing financial involvement so they're not going to let players go Without making they a balance the on books them. pretty much. Yeah. Chelsea, they have done for a, for a number What's of years. The to- what, was there an option to buy on Tosson? Yeah, twenty million. But I, I can't see Palace paying that. He's not at twenty eight. I think he is, isn't he? Yeah. and and clearly he's got underlying knee problems. Yeah. I, I, it always felt slightly optimistic to think that Palace. I mean, I think Everton were really hopeful yeah, that yeah. The Palace would yeah. pay twenty million for him. But I. As a loan deal, that one did sort of make sense. And yeah. there were flashes. You know, that yeah. first game against City, City he looked yeah, really, that, really that good. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Kevin, speaking of um, Scandinavian players, uh, we've had a question from Stephen Sheffield. Hi, Steve. He says, how gutted is Alex Sorloff that he now can't get his dream move to Real Madrid? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's amazing how football changes. That was genuinely on the cards, it was wasn't it? It was definitely It was being discussed. It was... The Sirloff thing, I'm sure, will, will will be a question that comes up a lot because that, well, that's going to hang over us a bit, isn't it, until the end of the is, season? I, or end of next season, is it, I guess? I think those people who say, well, Turkish football is terrible are doing it a disservice. It's not, it's not the Premier League, but it's not, it's not League One football, is it? No, I mean, it's not League One. I, I, I would say that, I mean, again, I was, the lad I was talking to over there, I don't think he's entirely impressed with the vast majority of the teams over there. He He fully expects... Galatasaray, who I think are third at the moment behind Trabzon and the Istanbul team that sprung from nowhere a few years back. Um, he expects them just to motor through now. Now they're out of Europe, they can just they'll just you know in normal circumstances they would have just steamrolled the rest of them and won the league quite handsomely. But they've got people like Radamel Falcao playing for mm. them, um, oh and you know it's it's they, they've spent an awful lot of money. You expect the Fenners, the Galatasarays, and the likes to do well, and and Traps and Spur have have really bucked a trend in the same way that that Istanbul team did last year as well. Um, but I don't think I don't think the standard is great. I don't. I really don't. And it's been great seeing what Zola's done, but that that deal has been struck. There's there's there would be a lot of legal issues to try and change that arrangement with Traps and Spur. Uh, is he still technically our player? He's on loan there. I think their option to buy him is 
is in January. I think January coming up, so January 2021. Because it was a two-year loan, but yeah, they could make right. it permanent for a set fee. So if he hadn't gone to January. Madrid, he'd be going to Madrid from us? Uh, no, because we... Well, no, but, but, you just, the, I, don't think the, I don't think the Madrid thing was, was valid. Oh, okay. I don't think that was... There has been interest. People have looked at him. I mean, it made more sense when Monaco were linked with him than, than Real Madrid. Um, and this thing about not being able to bring him back, is that... Well, it's, it's a contract. He's, he's written yeah. into the deal that he is... He's on a two-year loan with no recall, and they can make that permanent when they in want. January 2021. Yeah. Or... I guess you know he scored a lot of goals over there, but as you're saying, there's absolutely no. Get- we've seen him already in the Premier League, yeah. and we've seen that he wasn't quite up to scratch. And why would he want to come back either? I'm not yeah. sure. He, uh, I don't think he'd be very impressed with the way he was treated. I mean, he'll, he'll have his own reasons for yeah. for wanting to go to Trabzon School yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, final few questions. Uh, Benson Harbourmaster. Nice. What Hello. a name. It's a crossword clue as well. <laughs> says, um, I was about to put my flights to Townsville. Is that a real place? For Palace versus Brisbane Raw, but I've held off. Yeah. Do you now think it's unlikely to go ahead? Yes. Yeah, the, well, the Melbourne Festival, that's why one reason said so distraught was the Melbourne Festival was called off yeah. quite early. Australia are in a sort of a unique position to lock themselves down, aren't they? So I don't think... Again, the knock-on effect for football finance is a lot of the lucrative tours are unlikely to take place. Well, another question comes from Paul Kensley, who's clearly based in Australia, says, do you feel for us guys in Australia? One week, the joy of finding out Palace are touring here pre-season and organising tickets, flights, etc. The next week, it's all pretty much cancelled due to this pandemic. Is that the most Palace thing ever? Well, we we got invited out. Was it Paul who invited us out? Oh, there for someone a, for did. Pre-game barbecue. For a pre-game barbecue. Not no accommodation, yeah. but, yeah, just but, to, but yeah. a barbecue. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's probably almost certainly going to be off. On but again, it's really interesting to see our Premier League clubs in particular, Dominic. It's like if China, it seems, ahead, you know, are containing it, and there's more recoveries, and you know, so if if China was to de- declare itself open its borders, you wouldn't put it past big Premier League clubs to go. All right, we'll do four weeks. Why would China let us in? We're infected. In the summer, for example. If, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. but again, there may not be four weeks in the summer. They might go. They might be on the back of one season yeah. going straight into another. Yeah, we're talking in so many, so many hypotheticals yes, that we course, don't know where yeah, we're yeah. going to be in, in weeks to come. But um, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? The Chinese said no. Yeah. Sorry, you can't. <laughs> you were right. Manchester United, no. Well, it's what, <laughs> it's what, it's what FIFA want, though, isn't it? FIFA want these. Yeah. At some point, there you know, football will come back, but, yeah. but in, in it'll general, be a very different landscape. I from think. what I hear about Australia, I, I don't feel sorry for people who live. It seems like a pretty nice lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, in, all the occasional blip with fires and spiders, but for the most part, they've got <laughs> That's they're, the li- they're living in a lovely part of the world by all accounts. So. Um, good stuff. Well, listen, thank you for your questions. Please keep sending them in each week, um, and we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. After the break. We would normally preview a game. There is no game to preview. So we're going to do a really quick What If The Season Ends Now FYP award ceremony. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. 
a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Uh, welcome back to the Five Plan Podcast. Hey. Right. Part four. Um... We don't think it's going to be the end of the season, but it might be. So, lads, I wanted to get your thoughts uh-huh. on if the season ended today yeah. or it's already done, who would win our end of season awards? Do we even think it's going to... They'll do one this, this year. It's scheduled for May the 5th, I think, at Fairfield Hall, but you, just, you suspect... Well, I don't know, because the government advice is so nebulous. You know, If they talk about events, 500 people then you could say, well, we'll only sell 400 tickets. So you don't... Mm. I don't think they would risk the players. So it, it might go ahead, but without players or... Players well. on but, um, sort of live feed kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like again, there's no point in speculating. No. Yeah. But anyway, let's speculate anyway. Um, well, obviously, <laughs> that's what we're paid to, We're not paid, but that's how, you know... <laughs> that's what we do. So he's a journalist, I'm a comedian. That's, we, speculate, we speculate for a living, basically. <laughs> you're, you're, whatever you are. Whatever, <laughs> whatever I do. Bit of both. Um, yeah, available for work. Uh, well, what about the so. FYP live pod that was supposed to be in the season? Well, this, doing, actually, so, this yeah. is the point. Yeah, so we do actually... We have actually booked a venue and a date. Yeah. I might as well say it now. We're not selling tickets yet. We don't know what's happening. But we have booked the Stretman Space Theatre again yeah. for Friday, May the 29th. Um, and actually got an email from them today saying at the moment they're still honouring bookings because they're hoping that everything will be okay. But tickets aren't on sale because I didn't want to. I didn't want to put them on sale and no, then have no, to refund not. everyone. But if anyone wants to come, keep the date free. Yeah. <laughs> and we are working on a very special Palace guest as well, like we did with Paddy yeah. in January. So um, we'll keep you updated with that. We hope we can make it happen, but um, we obviously don't know what's going to happen. Um, right, end of season awards. So let's assume the season has ended. Palace have finished mid-table. Liverpool are not champions. <laughs> um, who wins Player of the Season? There's only two options, really, yeah, aren't there? There's two options, yeah. I I would I would I, I hope there isn't a award because I think Ayu simply because you can quantify his effect. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've talked about this before. It's a bit unfair to say about Benteke's goal. It's a consolation. But are you... As you 18 can... Points. 18 points. Yeah. I, I think it's it's easier to, to quantify what he's done than what Vincente's done. So I think... I think are you would be... And I'd, I couldn't imagine any circumstances at the start of the season yeah. in which I'd be saying that unless we bought his brother. <laughs> but I it's I think it's got and it's not just his goals as well, his general play for the most part has been There yeah, will be ex- expected goals fans like Andy Street twitching yeah. at home saying you can work out the points that Guaita has saved yeah, by expected yeah. goals. Actually, it's not I as think easy obviously. Part of that article I think Matt, Matt very much dealt with this, I have to say. <laughs> he understands this stuff, I don't. But it was expected saves or something or, or, or goals expected goals saved or something bizarre. <laughs> You know, nebulous yeah, amount. Football, but he's top of the league in that. Oh, is Gaita he? is, yeah, yeah. is the best in these. With all due respect to both Matt and Andy, that's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, we know how many points yeah. I has, has got. Has, Gained for us essentially. Well, so. um, we can all agree it's definitely more than when Hennessy was in goal. Like you can, you can see yeah, yeah, the match winning saves. I mean, it's, a top, it's a, it's a very difficult. It's, a, it's, a, it's. There's only two people in the running for it. Yeah, which is slightly disappointing. 
But you know, other players have had good seasons, but there's two standouts. And well, they have been such standouts. Yeah, and I they? think it, in general, you'd probably always go for the attacking option rather yeah. than the goalkeeping and option. You got, you, anyway, when you yeah. look at him and are you and the and the amount of work he puts in oh, and and the running without a doubt and the you know the way he, I mean he is sells his ball carriers whatever he yeah. he, he does that I yeah. mean he, and he's done it with purpose this season whereas maybe last he didn't have that. And also, yeah. arguably, he's not been playing in his favourite position because he's always said that he'd rather play as a, a 10 mm. and he's been playing off one wing or as a striker. Yeah, so, it's, it's yeah. absolutely fair point. Uh, I, in, in a, for me, he's still I just scored eight. How many goals he scored? Eight, but that's yeah. probably 33% of our goals. That's, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> More than that, probably. Yeah, yeah, fair point. <laughs> for me, you'd, you would do, like, player's player would be IU and then manager's player would be Guaita for me. Well, you never know with Roy. He'd probably go McCarthy for some reason. He'd see things. I mean, Cahill can't be far away, to no. be honest. Yeah, Cahill's a good shout. Yeah. Okay, let's move and on you'd to... Have to... You'd have to acknowledge how well Kelly's done and Ward... Yeah, there's... So well, there's, it... been, there's been six and sevens out of ten across most of the team. <laughs> if, there got... a, if there was a seven it's, out of ten yeah, award for the which season... Is, which, which is not bad. So there's, yeah. there's... Considering we haven't mentioned Wilf, that's not bad at all. Oh, well, that's, a, well, that's very true. Well, that's, a, that's kind of a chat for another, fir- another pod, really. About That must be the first season we've not even thought about him as a contender for... I'm not even sure he'd be in my top three. I think my third would probably be James MacArthur or someone, or possibly or Cahill, Cahill or something like that. probably for me. Right? Um, next award um, is not quite as clear-cut. It's um, Young Player of the Season. Gas, um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of one. Gas, gas. Yeah, I mean, our youngest. Yeah. Poor Brandon Perez. We had one young player. Sam Woods has played a couple of games. I mean, yeah. there How is... did you find young? For us, it's, it's James Scott, McArthur it's, again. It's, it's, it's <laughs> 29. 29? <laughs> oh, he's a great young prospect. Nathan Ferguson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. No, I, it's it would be interesting to see if they do do an awards this season who gets that because there, there really is not a candidate for that at all. Well, considering you've gone from Aaron, yeah. you'd won it at, start, I, at least Perrick played for the first team mm. in, the, in the Premier League, so that's kind really of by a, default. Even by default, sort of gets it. Um, goal of the season. This is an easy one for me. Ie West Ham. Yeah. Well, the first one, the first one, the VAR one at that, that uh, London Stadium. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first one. <laughs> See, I, I knew there'd be shallow people going straight for that. Oh, right. You just suggested it before you went on air. I, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 that would win it. I, but also, I'd say the the Watford goal was equally as good because it was a team goal because it came yeah. from Gaeta. Yeah. And it was played the ball yeah. up from Gaeta out to I think it was, McCarthy. was it McCarthy? McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, who then played it through to Benteke, yeah. controlling to Wilf. 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 Yeah, so yeah. it's a proper team goal and and a, a, a finish that I don't think Ayu quite got the credit for. No, yeah, really. not even during the game because a lot of us thought it was deflected. But even in, in, in the media, no one that finish was yeah. brilliant against a keeper who's yeah. after Gaeta. You'd say Foster's probably the outstanding keeper of the, mm. of, of the season. So. I mean, the, the AU one was the one that had the best. The West Ham one was the one. I can't that actually. Th- there aren't actually any other goals I can think of that really sort of stand out for me. Aren't that many more goals? Schlops <laughs> against. Oh, Schlops against Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was, it was bad was defending, a, wasn't it? Yeah. But the outpouring of. I mean, that was that was something else. That atmosphere that night, just because of the sort of yeah. backs yeah. of the wall, ten men. Just... Yeah, that was a, that was a sometimes goal I think for the you should judge event. goal of the season. I mean, I got crossed last year when on BBC's goal of the season was based on uh, how important it was as company shot rather mm. than Townsend's, Townsend's yeah, goal. Yeah. But there are times when you think when you think about the goal you enjoyed the most 
in well, the season is the one that sent you and the Bournemouth one. Well, can I then offer you? Can I, yeah. can I then offer you uh, Wilf against Brighton, which was a good a good goal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. A little, little shimmy and left foot in yeah, the top yeah, corner, yeah, and finish, a very yeah. important goal that's very, very good yeah. against our rivals. Yeah, what was a, a brilliant of, finish. Couple of good, well, good free kicks. PVA, yeah, PVAs against Newcastle yeah. was yeah. the build-up for the Arsenal goal. That was good as well. The equaliser at Sellers Park. Don't remember that. Was good. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's still. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. Um, Young goal of the season. <laughs> no, we've got, we've got, got, got no chance. Uh, <laughs> right, two more, two more awards. Um, I'm going to tell them to you both. I've got game of the season and result of the season. And I guess maybe they could be the same thing at some point, but. Um, I think it's just like the result of the season. The away win at Burnley, yeah. off the back of yeah. one point in five really yeah. difficult games, when we it was, we had no idea whether we were going to come out of that and still beat the teams around us, and we played really well. And that was, I mean, that, so might, was, that it might even be a performance, a game of the season. Yeah, but a, a Brighton, that win yeah. probably means more than anything yeah. in a season where you haven't got you haven't got a Cristiano ball or a gate or. A, Brighton away in the playoff or and in terms of the quality of the football there haven't been many games where you, you think that's brilliant Game, I, I, really, I really enjoyed Arsenal away it had, it had obviously yeah. a, good, a good point some great um, great well, moments two, in there Wolf getting the penalty well. and yeah, two, yeah that, that was Wolf getting tackled at the end by Gwen Doozy there was a lot their, of their winning goal being inexplicable yeah there was a lot <laughs> in that knocked game off by VAR that was very was, enjoyable yeah. Um, I think result of the season, you've said it there, is is Brighton away. It it might not have been game of the season or performance of the season, but as a result, it was so crucial to win that. Yeah, um, it was very enjoyable. What was well. the game? Was it was it Newcastle when we were so excited by the fact that we actually played attacking football? For yeah, yeah, Newcastle yeah. At home. Newcastle at home. I, th- yeah. I mean, you could you could argue maybe Liverpool at home for performance as yeah. well. They were oh, excellent really? that day, and they really yeah. they pushed them. Yeah, but. Um, I go back to Bournemouth again, just because yeah. it looked as if things were conspiring against us that day. Yeah. Was I, I actually? I was in the press box for the first half, and so right in front of Mamadou Sakho's tackle, and, I, oh, yeah, and I, yeah. you hear the thwack of the him on the ball, and the ball flying off into the penalty area down the far yeah. end of the pitch, and you're thinking, yeah. well. He's obviously got a fair chunk of the ball, and then you, you see the replay, and he's obviously planted the foot into the shin as well on the follow through. But that. Um, but th- that second half, the atmosphere. I went, I went up to the top of the home stuff for the second half. It was just great, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, yeah. There you go. There's, see, there's, there's, been, the, there's been some games. See, that's one of the frustrating things about the season. If it does end now, is that this is the time of year. Yeah. Uh, in come May June when we're doing the end of the season, it's always the last five or six games are the games when we start yeah. to express ourselves yeah. and play some really good football. And you'd imagine we were safe already. And we have that last yeah. three games, you know, yeah. we, we've got that momentum, actually. That's yeah. all we're obviously going go to go to waste. Anyway, good part to end the pod but, on. So, uh, yeah. thanks, guys. <laughs> um, we've done an hour and a half there. There you go. That was, that's yeah. easy, isn't it, really, with no football? Yeah, when there's a major national crisis <laughs> going on. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much, for Dom. Great to have you back on. Pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thanks, and thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, you're welcome. And Kev, thanks for being here. I was, I I was, I was meant to be self-isolating, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> the doorbell um, rang. The doorbell rang. I completely forgot you were coming. It's too late now. 
we shook hands. Yeah, and we the the there's no, there's no um, hand sanitizer. We all, we all straight. The <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, thanks again for listening to our listeners. And um, happy birthday, Enders. Happy birthday, Enders. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Well done for driving out all the snakes from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back. Uh, with post match pods for Patreon you know, and topical. So, yeah, whatever it was, too, yeah. I was uh, supposed to be going to an exhibition of Irish dancing this afternoon, funny enough, in a pub in Croydon, but yeah, that's gone. Um, <laughs> They're really going to get more than 500 people at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, River Dance, there's a lot, of, a lot of them on stage. We'll be back next week, and we are obviously open to suggestions for themes um, for the next few weeks. We're Skyping next week, aren't we? We'll probably be remote, I'd imagine. Um, How do we work that? I'll be able to work that, will I? Well, yeah, well, I'll get Ed to sort it out for you. It'll be fine. We'll work out. Well, you can still come in and just do it through the window. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, and uh, see you again soon. Bye. Wash your hands. Hi, Phil Swift here for new Flex Super Glue. What's truly amazing is that our Flex Super Glue is so strong that just one drop virtually welds itself to the surface and can lift over three tons. Forget those old Super Glues, get the one that's new Flex Super Glue. Go to flexsealproducts.com forward slash three ton lift to learn more about how one drop lifted three tons. For demonstration purposes only. Sports Social Podcast Network.